The duty solicitor witnesses the lowest moments of human life. Moments of fear, of remorse, of confusion and anger. But it's also an emotional journey for the solicitor. No visit to the police cells is ever taken lightly. Here, for the first time, are the stories and very personal observations of one such legal representative. Stories taken from real life and capturing human frailty at its most tested. That moment you enter the prison gates, visiting your elderly client for the first time after his conviction, knowing that in a few minutes you'll be telling him what sentence he's likely to receive when he next appears in court. Never had to tell someone they'll be getting life before. I mean, do I say, hi, give him the bad news first, then deal with the inevitable fallout, or do I first chat about the weather, tell him about my nightmare journey to prison and then say, <laughs> oh, by the way, because of the category of crimes you were convicted of, you'll probably, uh, almost certainly, uh, be getting life. Would you like a cuppa? I mean, how would you tell someone that? And how would you receive that information, especially if, like him, you still believed you were innocent? It doesn't matter what I think or him, for that matter, he was found guilty by a jury of his peers. I've known him, professionally, for a few years now, as I've represented him at the cop shop every time an allegation was made. He used to smile each time he saw me walk towards him through custody doors at the police station, and have an even bigger smile when I walked him out of there a free man. What can I say? I was just doing my job. It troubles me that I know he has never done bird and that in all likelihood he will be ending his days inside, fearful and alone. On top of which I know he will never see his family again and all his worldly comforts, as little as they were, will be gone. I feel a pang of sadness as security are patting me down and the electronic gates rumble open to let me through. The actor in me contemplates what action I will play when delivering the news. Shall I play confidently direct? Or maybe I'll play mm -hmm, mm -hmm, listening intently. Then, like a ton of bricks, it hits me. I remember the victims, the lives destroyed, a family in shreds, the woman who washes herself daily in bleach to erase the stench, the young man whose life can never be rebuilt, the little girl who was never believed and the children whose innocence was so cruelly taken away, which instantaneously pushes out all feelings of loveliness and makes me wonder whether to advise him to make his funeral arrangements now or after he has been scalded with boiling water, stabbed and thrown over the wing. Harsh, I know, but that's prison life for you. Well, for some. Moral of the tale, if there is one, we all have choices. 
just so happens the choices he made, admittedly under the influence of drink, were the wrong ones. Drink, as we know, is no defence and there's no use blaming the victims or hoping that time will forget or crying now that you know what's coming for you on the inside. I'm not advocating violence by any stretch. I'm just saying people's lives have been ruined, their spirits forever broken. A debt has to be paid. No matter how long the passage of time, there are some clients you just don't forget. My client sat on the other side of the table whilst I summarised the disclosure I'd just been given by the police. My outer audible voice. So, Mr Maguire, in a nutshell, the police are alleging that you allowed yourself to be carried in a van which rammed four police cars on at least three separate occasions. They also say you were wanted by officers from three different police forces for a variety of offences, including thefts, robberies and batteries, all carried out by a suspect with your forensics. He was wearing an orange high-vis jacket with a railway logo on the back, identical to the jacket you appear to be wearing now. You have engaged in high-speed police chases in a series of vans, all of which have recently been acquired by theft, allegedly, risking injuries to others and yourself. You have caused substantial criminal damage to property all over London, and as a result of your actions, six officers are now in hospital with whiplash, and outside that door there is an unprecedented amount of police officers from boroughs I haven't even heard of, all wanting to question you and ultimately put you away for a very long time. Now, please, it's 3am in the morning. We're all a bit tired. Just give me something to say in your defence. Mr Maguire slowly raises his head from the table, opens his eyes, tries to focus on me, then mumbles. Makes me do things. Me, seizing this moment of lucidity and quick on the uptake, asks, Who does? An accomplice? Good. Duress, it's hard to prove, but it's still a defence we can run with. Did he make you do it? What's his name? Maguire, again, slowly raises his head from the table, now wiping the saliva from the corners of his mouth, yawns out. Crack! My inner, non-audible voice replies, Thank you and good night. See you in five years. My outer, audible voice replies, Um, okay... I'm advising you to say nothing and go no comment all the way. <laughs> Look, girls, I've been in this game longer than you. I did Borstal three times, and that was before I was 11. You were probably still in nappies. I'm in my 50s now, so stop wasting my fucking time! Either do your job properly and show me some fucking evidence and respect while you're at it or put me back in my fucking cell. Certainly not how I would address officers of Her Majesty's Constabulary, but refreshing all the same when your client says exactly what you're thinking but haven't got the guts to say yourself. Hashtag can't be old school crims.
Brief Tales was read and written by Ray Brown. Produced by Tempest Productions. Studio production was by Mark Lingwood. <laughs>